Yo, what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Pace and Coach Murph. We got a lot to talk about today. Of course, there's always basketball drama. All these scenarios, who's going to go where, how much money they're going to get, what does teams have to give up to get them? And our boys, KD and Kyrie, they haven't made no moves. It's been, they've been pretty quiet outside of KD talking about legacies on, on social media. But I'm surprised we haven't heard from Kyrie in a while. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell is one of those names. And that's like the hot name right now uh, of like where he's going to go. Utah has come out and said, all right, well, we'll entertain some suitors and let's see what we can get for him. Uh, so Coach Pace, the, the narrative right now is Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Do you see that happening or maybe does he go somewhere else? I don't see it happening because it's the Knicks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're confident enough to do anything productive when it comes to the sport of basketball. Um <laughs> The only team I could see, like, really making a play for him is probably Miami. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think they could throw something together around Robinson and Hero and some picks and maybe, like, another player. Um, or I wouldn't be surprised to see him with the Pacers. I don't know why, but I could see him on the Pacers. Um, that would be pretty dope. Yeah, but I'm not – I mean, I listen, with all these athletes, listen, I'm just going to sit back and relax and wait till all the cookies crumble because I'm tired of these dudes at this point. <laughs> you know, everything – Some every time something go awry, okay, I'm, it's time to leave. Mm-hmm. I get it. The owners can do it and all that, but it just gets annoying after a while where, you know – you got, like I said, you got a duo like Katie and Kyrie, and neither of them really have been healthy. They probably played a total of like maybe out of two seasons. What What is two seasons? About 300 games? No, 150, 164. 164, yep. I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't even know if they play 50 games together. <laughs> so, like, I don't understand, like, why you're leaving when you haven't even played with the guy for a full season. Yeah. So like with all these players. Now, I do understand um, Donovan and Rudy because they just, I mean, Rudy shut the NBA down and got Donovan sick. So, but I think Utah should do whatever they can to keep that man and build around him. They just needed to get rid of Rudy Gobert. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Utah, but I also, the only routine I could really see him on is Miami. Gotcha. It, this was strange to me because I thought, one of those guys leaving, whoever they kept, that would be who they're going to build the team around. That would They would have essentially told the public, this is our decision. We decided to invest in Donovan uh, because we knew it was inevitable that one of them was going, going to have to bounce. Uh, but for, for them to lose both is very interesting if that happens because then you're talking about pretty much completely starting over. Yeah, and you got poor Mike Conley sitting there like, bro, like, <laughs> I can't win. I'm trying to get a championship. I can't win with this. Like, I can't win with draft picks. But yeah, they, like, can't, they can't win with him. He's been <laughs> the past couple years. 
That's facts. Yeah. He didn't have a good year last year. He definitely didn't. He definitely didn't have a good year last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Coach Murph, what you think? He he's not going nowhere. The, the the price is too steep. They messed the game up with, or the Timberwolves messed the game up with Rudy. So like I'm hearing that they looking for like five, six first round picks. Yeah. And um, it's funny that you know Coach Pace said he doesn't think nothing is going to happen because it's the Knicks. But I think if anything, something will happen with them because it's the Knicks <laughs> and they're dumb enough to do something like that. Like yeah, let's give up six first round draft picks let's trade our whole future and then run this small backcourt of donovan mitchell and uh jalen brunson yeah and jalen brunson so it's just like can anybody tell me in history where there was a successful small backcourt so literally you're just doing it what nicks do is for looks money they'll take it we got donovan mitchell we have Jalen Brunson come buy tickets. They don't care about winning. So, I if anything happens, it will happen with them. But I don't think any other team is dumb enough to put a trade package like that for Donovan Mitchell. He's good. Six first round picks. Mm. No. no. So, yeah. I I think more than likely he'll just stay put and. They'll just have to build around him until he went up and leave. But they definitely got to do something about that. I think the annoying part of all these players asking uh, or requesting trades and stuff like that is, like, we understand that teams can trade people whenever they want to. But also it's one of those things where, like, it it gets rid of that, like, I don't know, that, that unknown. You know what I mean? Like, people love the unknown. So it's just, like, when you get 2K – you trade and put people together because it's like, oh, this would be dope. But now it's like they're actually doing it. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just kind of corny. <laughs> so, like, I understand, one, you're doing what's best for you or what you feel best for you. But also, like, as a selfish fan, that's just what it looks like to me. But um, we'll see. I, I The recent thing I heard about Kyrie is that he wants to stay with the Nets, whether KD leaves or stays. But – I, nobody ever knows with that guy. Nah, but, he could change his mind tomorrow. If you yeah, and, and that just doesn't even seem realistic. Like y'all, y'all literally was going at it because of how he, how management treated y'all. And then now you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm down to stay. Like you were like heavily pushing, like, hey, these are the teams I want to go to if I leave. Like you're not trying to stay. Uh, and Unless you just think you ain't gonna get a job nowhere else, but we know you can get a job with the Lakers. Maybe it may be that, because that, that's the funny part is like I think sometimes this type of situation humbles people because Kyrie's like, you know, I'm a champion. I have a great skill set. Like I can hoop. So mm-hmm. let me go ahead and I'm gonna test this market. And then all of a sudden, the market you hear a bunch of crickets. And you like, oh, yeah, this didn't this didn't turn out like I thought. All right, well, they only got one team interested in me. All right, well, if that doesn't work, I gotta stay put. But I did say some stuff about management, so let me go patch this up just in case I have to stay. Here. And then one of those things, like the only team that want me can only offer me six mil. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the funny part, so going back to Donovan Mitchell is, yeah, you're you're right. I I was going to say that too about that uh, Timberwolves trade, man, Rudy Gobert messed the NBA up again because now Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of these guys are probably going to stay in put. Like, so you think of Donovan Mitchell going for five or six picks, like what you think KD going for? They're going to be pushing eight and good players. And good players. They're going to need some warm bodies to play next season and and some picks going. And because that's that's what Danny Ainge does. That's what he does. That's how he turned out Jalen, you know, Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, that's he he invests in that. He's one of the few executives that are like okay with building Mm-hmm. And, and and seeing a process, the true process, not that stuff that Philly was trying to put together that we still waiting on, but um, a more realistic process. So he over here is stacking up because he knows he can use the at capital during any year, any off season. He knows he can use those for leverage. Yeah, so five or six, and maybe at least one player that can start next year. I that's a lot. That's a lot to give up there. So I, the thing about it for Donovan, if I'm Donovan, I'm a little annoyed because it's like I couldn't help it because I was drafted to the Jazz. They seem to make a decision. They chose me over Rudy. But can we even get anybody over here? It's Utah. Like, can we really get a legit co-star with me? And that's the thing. It's like you may not really get along with Rudy Gobert, but can you get anyone better than him in Utah? And that's that's some of the struggle that I think Donovan's going to experience because the way it's going, he can't win a championship in Utah because they can't get nobody over there. Mike Conley's on the downside of his career. They lost Joe Ingles. Now Rudy's going. They lost Royce O'Neal to Brooklyn. So what? What are we looking at? We got a bunch of Timberwolves, you know, background dancers in the starting lineup now. You got Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley's good, but I know him for getting posterized by John Morant. That's that's what I know him for more for. But he's a good player. I don't know. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what, what what happens out of that. I mean, he does. Whoever gets him though, like I would, Miami would be a good look. To your point, Coach Pace, Miami would be a good look. I think him and Jimmy would get along well there. Uh, and the Heat have the the pieces to help make it happen. Uh, so, yeah, I would much rather see him go there. Do we really think he'll get along with Jimmy, though? Because him coming from – I mean, we all know that the fact that they chose him over Rudy and treated him first – you know that Donovan has something to do with that. And um, so he's just known for being like the guy. So I think when you get somebody, I mean, it's no different than, you know, Kat and Andrew Wiggins when Jimmy Butler got over there. And it's just like, oh, I'm just so uh, used to being the guy and being pampered. Now when somebody's coming at me and you already know Eric Spolcher is going to do the same thing. And you, he's going to do the same. That just the Miami culture is just going to do that. Then it's just going to be like, oh, because when Donovan Mitchell said that like, he wants to play in New York, he wants to play for the Knicks. We know that. Mm-hmm, yeah. And 
the Knicks really don't got no structure. They just let you go and entertain. <laughs> so, but when Miami is like, nah, you come in here, you're going to fall the suit and, and we're going to win. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know if he'll be able to, if he's one of those guys, just because of how he's been treated these past few years. If he's smart, he would, he would adjust if he needs to personality-wise. Because I'm like, I'm trying to get a chip. And if I get on there with Jimmy and, you know, the other, you know, the culture that they have there and the other players that they have, it's reasonable to come out of the Eastern Conference. Because what they meant with Miami missing it sometimes is a consistent score because, you know, in the playoffs, Jimmy would be up and down. He'd get you 41 game and like 12 the next game sometimes. And it's like, well, this way he wouldn't have to worry about that. And then when Jimmy gets on his run, he gets exhausted because he's a two-way player. And, and so I know Donovan Mitchell is not known for his defense and they are going to be on him about playing defense. But I mean, so, so is Tibbs, you know? So at least if I'm a bust my behind off for defense, at least do it for a team that can actually come out on top, you know, if I'm gonna do it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and it's, he has a good relationship with Wade and that's where Wade played. He can kind of give him some pointers on how to adjust to the culture and stuff like that. Or he could stay with Wade, Utah. Yeah, he could, he could. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, um, the other big name out there, Coach Pace, you were talking about the Pacers. If he were to go there, that would be interesting because they just picked up DeAndre Ayton, four years, $133 million. They, they didn't get him. They didn't get him? No, because he's a restricted fee, free agent. So they put in that offer, but all the Suns had to do was match it. So they matched the offer, so he automatically heads back to the Suns. He stays with the Suns. Dang, Saudi. Yeah. I'm surprised they matched it, if I'm being I'm honest. I'm they did, too. I, I think it was just one of those things where, like, well, because if they didn't match it, you just lose them. So if you're going to stay in the way is looking for, you know, the Kevin Durant uh, sweepstakes, he might be there when see the season starts. So, but with them uh, matching it, you can't trade it until January 15th until after that date. So now you get to play with, okay, if he becomes who we expect him to be, we're good. But if not, we can trade them later on down the line if we feel like we need something else or if we feel that Kevin Durant is a lot more reasonable because the Nets lowered their standards and Durant is really pushing. So he he's still a son. That's crazy. I knew I should have watched TV today. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Man, like, that was quick. I'm surprised they did too, especially with the fallout that, you know, him and Monty Williams had at the end of last year. It's more so of uh, it's a way that they could, you know, play both sides. That, mm-hmm. That's all it is. Because you, if you didn't match it, you're letting them walk for nothing. True, true. Unless if they, like, agreed to, like, a, a sign and trade. Well, I guess it would have been a sign and trade. But, I mean, they would have got, like, Miles Turner and probably, like, one or two other guys and some draft picks, which isn't bad. I like but on the Suns, though. If they could pull that off, that would be dope. I guess that's not what they want, especially when it's just like, okay, we can do this trade and get Miles Turner and some pieces, or we can bring them back because it's looking like nobody's really going to 
match the request of the Nets and maybe we can make a trade later down the line. Yeah. So, uh, but now they, they, <laughs> they matched it like within minutes once they put the offer sheet out. So I think what the, the Pacers was doing was calling their bluff. And it's like, okay, well, let's go, go ahead and put this offer out. So if they really don't want them, then we get them. Uh, but then they're just like, nah, we need them. So. Yeah. And the thing about it is it's it for the, for the people available, it's not a deep market to fill that role. So it's like, yeah, I, if, if they would, if they could have done the miles Turner thing, that would probably have been best case scenario for them. You know, miles Turner usually leads the league in blocks per game. Uh, he's a good rebounder. He can get you 15 to 20 points in a game. He's a stretch uh, player. He can shoot. Exactly. And you don't hear much from him. He just kind of, he does his job and people seem to get along with him. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Cause Aiden is getting better, but there's still times he disappears too much in the game. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's like, there's other like nuances in the game that he can be more prevalent in, but I think, he gets more flack for his offense, but it's like when you're with Chris Paul, who is a facilitator, but you got Booker, who's a straight scorer, it leaves less touches for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so especially um, with uh, Mikel on the team as well. So it's like, and then you Cameron Johnson, who who emerge and pops up here and there. There's just like so many offensive threats. Uh, on the team or just offensive shooters, where it's just like he becomes an afterthought. It's like no different than where Rudy was with the Jazz because they had so many guards. And, of course, Rudy doesn't have an offensive game, but still it's not like they were giving them that easy dumb down low because they didn't have a facilitator. Yeah. So it's That's crazy. Because I, I would like to see them work it out because I think Aiton could be a piece on a championship team. I like to see him get a little bit tougher and more aggressive. And I think that's what Monty was challenging him to do. But some people, they, they don't have it consistently in them. They don't have a dog consistently in him. And right now, I don't, I don't see that consistently in a. And there are stretches where I'm like, okay, yeah, he's been, he been working. He's been in the lab. He, you know, his footwork would get better. His, his midi would get a little bit better, all that kind of stuff. And then at times, I just see him get, Dominate. I'm like, you too big to be getting dominated like that. Uh, so I, I, I think he unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. I think he just unsure of where he's at. You think he's that's a confidence thing? Yeah, I think he's it's hit or miss with him. He's unsure of himself. Because it's like even look back to the finals against Milwaukee. He had games one and two. Aiden was was great in those games. He had really, really solid games. And then we didn't really hear much from from the next four games. And so it's like, you can't have that. Even if it's a, you know, it's one thing to lose, but to lose with you doing a, a, you know, your David Blaine impression and just disappearing, that's not, that's not going to work. That's, and still got four year, 133 mil. Like the market is just crazy right now. I'm like, yo, can you get, I take, 1.33 1.33 mil. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to give me 133 mil. Give me 1.33 mil for, for real. Or, you know what I'm saying? I get you a solid 10 to 15 points a game if you give me enough shots. 
I'll give you uh, two assists, a steal, and about three fouls. You know what I'm saying? Your superstar don't have to get in foul trouble. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's it's interesting to see what happens, see if they do make a move, you know, in January. Uh, you know, maybe KD gets fed up and says this Brooklyn thing isn't working and let's go back to the drawing board and try to talk. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Coach Pace brought up in our last episode when we were talking about Brittany Griner. And um, you made an astute point that I really haven't heard uh, much from the media is just talking about, let's talk about why she was over there in the first place. Because women don't get paid as much to play basketball in the States as they do overseas. So a lot of times in the off season, they'll go ahead and hoop overseas to get, you know, to get that bag. Uh, so wanted to put this on the agenda today is like, how, how, does the WNBA make itself uh, more popular? And so I'll start on this one. I I do think they've done a better job than in past seasons. Uh, so I think they're heading in the right direction. Because if you look at some of the, a lot of the commercials out there, they started to put WNBA stars in those commercials, uh, whether it's by themselves or co-starring with the NBA player, you know, so you got Sue Bird and Steph Curry and, you know, car and car commercials together. Um, you know, you got, uh, you know, uh, WM player, NBA players with Trey Young in commercials. So they're, they're, I think they're heading in the right direction. Attendance has, has gone in the right direction. Viewership has gone in the right direction. Uh, I think there are a lot of establishments that, you know, you got like a bar with a bunch of TVs. I, I've seen some that will dedicate at least one of those TVs to a WNBA game. And I think it's just some of the little stuff that, if everybody does their part, can help build some momentum because really what you're saying is this is what we value. And to be honest, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but more people are followers rather than leaders. So if they see that something is, and that's just a human tendency, is that if we see something being displayed and people prioritizing it, then we'll start to prioritize it. Just like if the media talked about it a little bit more, it will start to hype it up even if the quality of play is the same, right? Uh, and another thing, whoever made the, the trophies for a WNBA All-Star weekend needs to be fired. That was absolutely atrocious. My spelling bee trophy from middle school looks better than that. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't even win. You know what I'm saying? That was a participation trophy I got in the spelling bee and it looked better than that. You know, so I... If, if you juxtapose that from what the NBA put out and the beautiful trophies that they displayed in, in their all-star game last year, I know it doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily going to be the same thing. They don't have the same artist, but you got, you got to do better than that. You got to do better. I've seen youth league trophies better than that. Coach Natty T who couldn't make the show tonight, his trophies that he won in his youth soccer leagues look better than that. Uh, so it's like, that shows what you value. Right. And so I think, uh, that needs to change. I would like to see WNBA players more involved with NBA All-Star Weekend because I really enjoyed seeing them with, um, you know, like a, a current NBA player and an NBA legend uh, from the same city. And they'll do those shootouts together and stuff like that. I wouldn't mind seeing like um, the three point contest. You know, you got like the men's winner and the women's winner. So they went and then they play, they, they go against each other. I would love to see that too. So it's just kind of giving 
folks a better stage to display these are. And speaking, uh, before I forget, in WNBA All-Star Weekend, I wanted to watch the three-point shootout and the skills challenge. And I couldn't. Why? Because tennis was on and it ran over. So they never showed it on the station. So a lot of people were on social media upset, like, yo, like, you know, and they put it on a random like ESPN channel. I think it was like ESPN U or something like that. So something that's not as accessible for people. Um, so say like if you really want your product to be out there, you got to be able to do better than that. And that's not necessarily WNBA's fault on that, but more of the network kind of thing. But yeah, uh, it's just stuff like that, that I think if, if it gets tidied up, uh, more collaboration with the NBA, uh, they continue the, you know, publicizing their stars, uh, that they've done a good job. I think you can get more uh, viewership and more popularity, which hopefully equal more dollars and more and better contracts for some of these players. Because I think, what was it, Asia Wilson is the top, was it 500,000 or something? Yeah, like she's about four, I think 465, 500,000, somewhere, somewhere in there. And she'd be putting up better numbers than Aiden sometimes. He get four year, 133 mil. Yeah, I, yeah with that, I kind of just, I feel like they need to pull something from the NCAA because mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be glued to the TV when the women is hooping. Yeah. When it comes to like NCAA tournament time, Absolutely. like after, I'd say after like New Year's, definitely mm -hmm. in March, of course, but after like New Year, <clears throat> I start to, you know, watch a little bit more uh, NCAA women's basketball. I don't know what it is about. Uh, it's probably like the environments or something like that. Uh, but they need to copy something from the NCAA because they're doing it right. Yeah, it'd be hype, man, that NCAA uh, tournament. Um, and even I, I know they're trying the Commissioner's Cup this year in, in WNBA. Well, I, I haven't seen the, the numbers yet to see if that has increased this part of the season for them. But, you know, it, and it's hard when you're only in about, I think there's, what, 12 markets too. So you're not quite as widespread where some of the other viewership could be uh, in some of the more populated areas. I know they've tried um, to do the best they could in those areas, but yeah. Uh, and I'm interested to see what Sue Bird retiring after this season. Uh, Sylvia Faust is supposed to retire after this season. So those are two big name WNBA players. Uh, and Sue Bird has been in the WNBA for the longest time. It's kind of held it down a lot. Her, Diana Taurasi, uh, and stuff. So once those players, I hope that they keep hyping these young players up um, to kind of take that mantle. Yeah. Honestly, I just, I just like the the all star uh, combination idea. I, literally, that's all I think they need to do because that's everybody watches All Star Weekend for the NBA. It's simple. You could do like you said, the three point challenge. Uh, they implemented the skills position as teams. You could do the the city matchup like that, because um, like you don't have to always view it as oh we're adding the WNBA. Let's do man versus women. You could just implement them together. You could do the rising stars challenge, and they'll have to have like uh, you know two one or two. Um, 
one or two WNBA players on the court at a time for each team, something like that. Because, like, what do you think the type of views is going to look when you see a WNBA player cross up somebody, like cross up one of somebody's favorite NBA player? Just to show them, like, no, we got skills too. It just doesn't get promoted like y'all. So uh, you can do the same thing for the – even for the All-Star game. Hell, they gave, you know, Dirk and D-Wade a spot (laughs) – just because they, they were retiring. Yeah, that's right. You, you, could, you could do literally do the same thing. You could start off and add like one or two extra spaces for WNBA players and give them some tick. You yep. could do uh, even at a lesser tier. I would rather them be with NBA players, but um, at the lesser tier, do implement them more in the um, in the celebrity games. I know they kind of did like two on two this past year, but you could – Make it. You can do it like a big three thing and do like one retired uh, NBA player or a current NBA player, one retired or current WNBA player, and a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, like I've been watching a lot of WNBA this season. <clears throat> uh, I mean, it's it's a good product. That um, Sabrina Ionescu from the New York Liberty mm. shooting from the from the logo. She just be pulling up pulling up and just just cooping them like i she's like a walking triple double for real for real and she wanted them ones exactly exactly and also they promote them when they show up to games they don't like they do their due diligence when there's an nba player that shows up to a wnba game do the same thing when wnba players come to nba games like oh this is such and such from Mercury or from the LA Sparks or the Chicago Skies, like you could do that. Yeah. Just put their faces out there outside of just these commercials and stuff. Cause nine times out of 10, people are more likely going to watch the game mm-hmm. than the commercial. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. They, that is very true. They do their due diligence to cover any NBA player at a WNBA game. Cause like Lou Will, he pulled up with his daughters at the Atlanta Dream game uh, uh, not too long ago. Uh, I think, was it KD or something was at one? Or like, they had a lot of, you know. Yeah, you LeBron and West, uh, Westbrook that had show up to games. Yep. Like they made a whole big deal that one year when uh, LeBron went to the game, even though uh, like the Clippers and Chris Paul was playing each other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and they made that a big thing. Yes. Yeah. It, it, like they got, they attack, the one thing that makes the, you know, the NBA so popular is the, you know, the intertwining storylines and stuff. But there's, you can find that anywhere in any sport. So, you start putting them on screen more, you'll start to hear some of their storyline. And then that's what find people to be invested. Like, I mean, Jimmy Butler is my favorite, favorite player because I was invested in his story, how he came up, um, and then how he evolved through the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't hear nothing about WNBA players unless they balling. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I mean, it's just simple. Given giving them a big enough platform, just platform, just to be seen, uh, you know, get them in more interviews during prime time, 
Um, have them sit down with commentators during NBA game talking and watch them dissect the game more. It doesn't just have to be retired players or, you know, the great players. Just give them some, just give them some looks. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. So I hope they keep moving on in a positive direction. I hope that the NBA uh, decides to collaborate more just to use their help use their platform to amplify the talent that's there. Uh, I think that would do wonders uh, for the game. Cause there's, there's a lot of talent going around uh, in the W and there's been some great games this year. Um, okay. So to our little, you know, we started to do a little new game called would you rather last week we went with Anthony Davis and we named some random people at, you know, at the power forward position to see, if you would take this person or take Anthony Davis. Coach Pace had to reluctantly pick Anthony Davis over some of these other guys out of position because the power forward position isn't that deep in the NBA. If you compare them to centers, it'd be a different story, like Yo Kitchen and Bead and such. This one, I think, is pretty good. We're switching to football this time, and we're going to do Dak Prescott or – insert quarterback's name here so i'm anxious to hear what y'all have to say dak prescott some people have him as a top 10 quarterback some people don't you know (laughs) Uh, so we'll see all right first one would you rather have dak prescott or kyler murray Mm. Mm. (laughs) i'm here dak Got Dak. Okay. Rain Prescott. <laughs> like it up right now. That's yeah, I, I can't. I, I haven't seen a. We can't get a full good season out of Kyler Murray. I, I got to go Dak. That's very true. That's very true. Because uh, really, the only time Dak misses when he was broke his ankle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. All right. <laughs> you know how to do this since y'all are here. Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts. we talking talent or we just talking overall because uh i think uh hers can run the team better than than (laughs) if you don't man all right every for everybody that's listening before y'all just like try to you know click off because of me but listen if you've been watching you know i'm a philly fan i'm I'm cape towning right now i'm a Dak is the better quarterback, yes, but you know, <laughs> whatever. I knew it. I knew you was gonna do this too. I knew it. Well, because I mean, like, but everybody knows how I feel about Hurts. It's not like I feel like he's a great quarterback. He's like to me, and I've said it on the podcast that uh, he hasn't proven himself as a franchise quarterback yet. Where I mean, Dak has. He just hasn't proven that he was worth the money that he got. Okay. Okay. Next up, would you rather have Dak Prescott or Captain Kirk Cousins? He did this shit on purpose. (laughs) I say it's tough. Because I like Kirk because of his consistency. But you just have a higher ceiling with Dak. I'm about to say, and Dak didn't actually, I mean, 
like the thing with Dak is this is what makes him look bad is how he played because of the money he has. If you just look at him for his talent and how he plays and just strip the money away. I'm going, I'm going Dak. I'm going Dak. Yeah. I go Dak. Like, it's like a Miller, it's like a Miller hair. Mm-hmm. I, I feel as though that Kirk just needs a little bit, um, uh, a little bit more around him to be great. Even though that, you know, Dak had, I mean, he has everything and more outside of the defense. I mean, but, if you look at Kirk, Kirk got a lot. He he does. Okay, so who has yeah, the no, better no. right receiver core? You got C.D. Lamb, and let's just count Amari because of last year. Then you got Thielen yeah. and Jefferson. I'm taking Thielen and Jefferson. Yeah. Dalvin yeah, Cook. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he needs a little bit more, but you got to factor in He's got that. He has Delvin Cook uh, and all that. But then again, he still hasn't been able to take the Vikings as far as Dak has did the Cowboys. And you just said that he has the better receiving core. Um, Running back-wise, production-wise, Cook has been looking better than Zeke as of recent. But I don't think – I don't think Cook is a – in totality in terms of their career, I don't think Cook – eclipses Zeke, but they're pretty much neck and neck. Yeah. I I, I will say I, I give you the defense um of the Cowboys is better than than the Vikings defense over the last handful of years. So it's it's hard when the defense is giving up points here and there. So and I mean he had to face Rogers too. So that's the only unfair thing where the the NFC East is just kind of like a anybody's ball game type division. All right. Here's another one. Dak Prescott or Derek Carr? Derek. Derek is underrated, man. I think he's about to show show us something special, especially if he prevail out out his division this year, how stacked they are. You can't tell me nothing. That would be impressive. You can't tell me nothing, Coach Pace in deep thought over there. Because <laughs> he knows it's a lot closer than he thinks. I mean, this is really like pulling hairs, but like he, Derek has had at least like the lesser talent. And no. <laughs> which is happening. Oh, no. Odell signed to the Bills. See, my phone vibrated. Oh, I wanted to look. Time out, bro. It can't be true. You about to be a Bills fan? Be <laughs> true. Gotta buy another jersey. Yep, another jersey. You Please just bought the other. See now you know how I felt like with Jimmy Butler over the past years before he got to Miami. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna really cry. It came. I'm gonna just say it ain't true. That's what we're gonna go with. I'm picking. Hey, I'm picking Derek Carr. I'm picking okay. Derek Carr. All right. So I had to do one. That's close though. For you too, Coach Pace. Would you rather? Man, Matthew Stafford. Don't even ask that. <laughs> don't even ask that. Matthew Stafford. Okay, next. next. <laughs> what type of you talking about Super Bowl? In listen, what? Like he had a better team in total in totality because of his defense was elite and also his offense. You got Cooper Cup, Odell. The the running backs were sketchy, but at the end of the day, I mean. I, Okay. He go to a good team and win a Super Bowl coming off the Detroit Lions. What does that tell you? Yeah, first year. 
All right. Would you rather have Dak Prescott or Jimmy G? Dak, come on, man. Yeah, Dak all day. That's Would you rather have Dak Prescott or Matt Ryan? Dak. Matt Ryan cook. <laughs> are we talking about prime Matt Ryan or are we talking about today's Matt Ryan? Oh, Dak. I, I kind of want to see him with the Colts first. Because the Atlanta was nothing. And like if we, we already compared teams for everybody else. And now he has him a great running back. He has a nice receiving core and a, a good defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta it I gotta see him this year. I, I think that we'll we'll be able to say if he's cooked or not after this. Cause we saw that Julio was cooked and then he had nothing but <laughs> Cordero. Yeah. So it's like, well, Cordero on pits. Mm-hmm. So like now you give him all all these weapons with, uh, you know, Indianapolis. I think the you can stack the teams as even. So. Yeah, that's that's my team to to watch out for this year. Is the oh, yeah, they're definitely a dark horse team yeah. because I feel like it's gonna be like a somewhat like a Philip Rivers two when he was there. Because mm-hmm. really, they're the only team that has a legit defense if you're talking about people competing for a championship out of the AFC. Like, if you think about at least the top, it's better than the Chiefs, better than the Bills for the most part, um, better than the the Titans. So, I mean, they, they got it better than the Bengals. So, like, they got a, they got a shot. Like, Carson was the weak link for them last year. Boy, oh boy! I told, <laughs> I told people, I was like, "Ain't nothing." Like, oh, he's going to the cost. I was like, "Ain't nothing going to change." <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad at that. I man. wasn't. He got us another first round pick. Shout out to AJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one: Dak Prescott or Ryan Tannehill? Dak. 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 All right. That's Henry. That's that was easy. That was an easy one. Yeah, okay. Those were, those I'm Dak over Kyler. I'm with you there. I have Dak over Hurts. Kirk and Dak was really close for me, but I had Dak. I, ha- I have Derek Carr over Dak. Matthew Stafford over Dak. Dak over Jimmy G. I'm, I have Dak for right now. I think maybe at the end of the season, we'll see what happens in Indianapolis for Matt Ryan. Uh, but it's just like, it's just what we've seen recently, right? He hasn't looked that good. He hasn't been in a good situation. So you can't really judge that. And, um, you know, I think if, because I always try to think of if you switch these quarterbacks out, how would the other team do? And, and so I think if you switch Ryan Tannehill and Dak Prescott, whoever team Dak Prescott's on is going to do better. Because uh, Ryan Tannehill he just be getting exposed at the absolute worst times. Absolute worst times. Yeah, they be like, oh, yeah, we ain't got to worry about you. Just worry about Henry. And he lost A.J. Brown. Oh, he about to struggle. I'm scared for Tannehill this season. All I know is was dealing with Willis is on his way. <laughs> Help is on the way. And that's why I'm looking at the Colts like, hey, this is your chance. If Matt Ryan could be um, – he doesn't even have to be really great. If he could just be really good. 
Yeah, you just got to give them some, uh, give them a threat just to back up a bit mm-hmm. and let Taylor run terror on the on the defense. Yeah, and like his receiving core is stacked. Mm-hmm. So hey, that option Taylor's going to be cooked in about three or four years. So don't oh yeah, because they're going, but they if they kept uh, Wentz, it'd have been like one. <laughs> But at least with this one, they can you can trust Matt Ryan to make passes and you know keep him to like 20 to 24, 25 carries a game if need be, but you could you could skate by with 20 and win. Yeah. He'll be cooked in about two two to three years because they're gonna put that workload on him for the next two to three years. So mark my words, Jonathan Thaler's done in about two to three years. Uh I hope you're wrong, but that is the average shelf life of running backs too. I mean, I mean, on top of him being a big ten running back as well, man, his body's already taken a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, speaking of Jonathan Taylor, we did mm-hmm. quarterbacks a couple weeks ago. Our top ten wide receivers. Now we're going to head to running backs. Our top ten running backs head, you know, going into the 2022-2023 season. This one was a tough one, guys, but we're going to have Coach Murph try to tackle this first. Who you got, brother? I, I'm going to start from the top because I feel like everybody's had the same number one. That's King Henry. King Derek Henry's number one. Not um, I, I just did the top ten in the league. I didn't know if it was just going into the season because my number two, I put Alvin Kamara because I feel like he's the most versatile running back out of, you know, anyone in the league. Uh, I followed that up with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, him getting uh, Matt Ryan, I think, would help him, you know, flourish even more in the game because it'll make the passing game a threat. Followed by Nick Chubb. I mean, he's just a beast. Yeah. He did it with he. I mean, whether he has what well, would be interesting seeing what quarterback he comes into the season with, not having Baker, but the fact that he balled with Baker. And once I mean, once Watson gets cleared to play, I just feel as though that he's going to be even better. But it's just that gap of who's going to be in <laughs> until he gets there is going to show us a lot. Delvin Cook at five, I would have him higher, but just injury history, followed by Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Zeke, Josh Jacobs, and Kareem Hunt. Ooh, okay. This is good because we're going to have different lists. Okay, this is good. Uh, Coach Pay. All right, do we have any any problems with Coach Murph's list? Any problems? No? After, like, five, I really don't even care. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally who you prefer. After, like, five or yeah, six. Yeah, because, like, Kareem Hunt, that was the guy I was telling you, uh, you know, before the start is, like, based off of role. Because, like, you, I thought of, you know, Montgomery and – uh Najee Harris and so on and so forth but I was just like if you look at Kareem's Hunt's numbers and also being a versatile back and how they play him in the receiving game like he's still lethal <laughs> so like he I feel like he was one of those nice little sneaky picks that just like yeah you could take him out but yeah you could say he could, he's in there as well did you you have McCaffrey on your list right no no, not, okay. not because of his his injury history for the past two years. Like it's it's been bad. He hasn't been yeah, it, like I'll, 
it's been it's been too bad for me to just put him in there just strictly off of name. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking more so of production and recent history and and also coming up, and I feel like he he just he just ain't make the cut. <laughs> I mean, because him and Saquon, man, like they yeah, that's why I ain't have Saquon in the world, but they can't stay on the field. Yeah. I mean, Saquon wouldn't even be on my top ten because I don't even know what he looked like with a decent like. What does he look like with a decent line? Like, yeah, he had two thousand his rookie season, but like, he didn't. He hasn't had a good anything since then. Like, he had Odell out there. That's why he was able to get off a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. since then, you he ain't really got nothing to work with. Yeah, like I when I was scrolling through looking at teams and stuff, and I saw his name, I instantly like scroll past. I was like, you're not gonna make my top ten. I'm not even going like put any brain thought into it and it's not even his fault that's the sad part no it's not yeah but that's just what it is because i mean you have you've had good running backs in the past with bad lines and you know still made stuff shape and he hasn't even done enough to be like you know outside of his rookie season like oh i see his potential like he He's just been – you can blame the line a lot, but, I mean, based off numbers and production and health, I mean, he's just been bad. Yeah. 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 That's pretty – He good. has 2,000-yard seasons, which ain't bad, but he ain't had those since 2019, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coach Pace, it's on you, brother. What, what you um, got? So, my list goes – well, I'm going to just skip over the first three. So you got, well, kind of. All right, so I got Derrick Henry, of course, is one. Then I got Kamara, two. I switched Cook and Taylor um, just because Cook has done it a little longer. But, hey, whatever, based on preference. Um, and then at five, I got CMC. The only reason I got CMC is because every time he's on the field, he's productive but I don't know how much he's going to be on the field. It's like the Anthony Davis thing for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a power forward, I have to put him in the top two because of Anthony, he's Anthony Davis, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. Very yeah. true. That's a good comparison. Yeah. So he's my five, but then Chubb would be my five if I took CMC off. Everybody would just move up one. Okay. Um. So Chubb is six. I got Nigel Harris at seven mm-hmm. because with that terrible, terrible, terrible Steelers offense, he still was getting busy. He was. And he led the team in catches. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got Austin Eckler um, just because he does it all. And then surprise, surprise, I got Joe Mixon at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Not mad. And I got Aaron Jones at 10. Oh. Any problems with Coach Pace's list? I mean, I, I feel like Aaron Jones is a little low for what he he does for Green Bay. But, uh, you know, Mixon was one of those guys when I got to, like, my eight or nine. You didn't add Zeke, though, either, right? No, I didn't add Zeke. Um, I wish I could add Zeke because I feel like this is a lost art. Now, if we was having – a segment on pass blocking, Zeke would be number one. And I feel like that's very undervalued 
that's why I put him at my eight because I was just like, if you do look at his numbers, yes, they went down, but he still puts up pretty decent numbers. And then I also considered the intangibles. And I was like, he's literally like one of the best pass block uh, running backs in the league. So I that's why I put him – that's why I put him at eight. Yeah, I think he's the best one ever. After that game, I saw him smashing Devin White face in the ground first game of the season. I was like <laughs> – <laughs> hey, hey, there are not too many running backs on the top 10 list Mm-mm. that stick their nose in the face of Devin White. And you can give a whole blocking tutorial to every running back in the league and in college mm-hmm. of what you need to do to see a field. So I want to throw him up there, but his drop off has been so crazy. I was just like, mm-hmm. he would be at my 11. Like, I don't, he'd be at my 11. He's the best pass blocking running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all. I I agree with that being an underrated skill because if you have some of these quarterbacks out here, they'll let you know because they've been getting blindsided when you know the the back hasn't done their job. And I I have seen Zeke put some linebackers on their behinds before, and I'm like, yo, because like, and not just you're running the mill like linebackers, like legit terrorizers of the quarterback. He'll he either knock them down. Or he'll knock him back, you know, just because you don't need to do like too much all the time. You don't need to knock him down, but just hold him up, give your uh, quarterback an extra second or two to get that ball off. You did your your job. Yeah. Also, you got to put in perspective of the the Cowboys line has been, you know, hit or miss these past couple of seasons due to injury. So that also plays a role in his production being low. But the fact that he makes up for Dak's numbers in the past game because of that. Imagine if you just put Zeke on another bad line like the Bengals, mm-hmm. and then you give Burrow that extra pass protection in the backfield. Yeah. Yep. So this one was hard for me, guys. I I struggled. I've been moving people's names around since the show started. <laughs> I'm just trying trying to get something that I'm proud of, and I don't know. But here, here it goes. Uh, I, I'm pretty much with y'all on the on the three. I have, I have Henry, Kamara, and Jonathan Taylor as my my third. And I'm a huge Jonathan Taylor fan, so um, I have him over Dalvin Cook. So I have Cook right after him. Uh, then I have Chubb and Eckler, Mixon. I, I felt like he had, and it's not just because they went to the Super Bowl. I, I'm, I am taking that into consideration. I mean, he was on, he's a starting running back for a Super Bowl team, but like he almost be blending in as a wide receiver sometimes. The way he, he gets downfield, I, cause I remember there's been a couple games, even if you look at last year's tape, when the Bengals made their run, Burrow was slinging downfield, and I'm thinking he throwing the Higgins or Chase. Like, it's 30, 40 yards downfield. Joe Mixon's down there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, and he got hands. Well, you know what I'm saying? So he's catching it, getting his feet in. I'm like, yo, he's good. He's got some good hands. And um, for – and that's with a, a poor Bengals offensive line, too. So I take that into consideration as well, that you're still able to put up really good numbers with a poorest offensive line. Uh, and some, and because of his pass catching ability, that's enabled him to get into some open space because he's dangerous in open space. 
because he doesn't often get it on the run. Uh, so I have him. I have Aaron Jones next. Uh, I have Najee Harris. I think he has an extremely bright future. I mean, that that's a grown man right there. You know, and, and, and uh, Coach Pace talked about it, you know, him not having the best line and still able to put up numbers. Um, and with a, a, a huge declining, you know, talent of Ben Roethlisberger last year, Deontay, you know, Johnson dropping every other pass. Like there's, there's some, there's a bright spot there. And when I, when I listen to the pivot, like they're really trying to make Najee the leader of that team. Like Tomlin believes he has it in, in him to do that. So he's being mentored right now to be the leader of that team. I think Cam Hayward's the one mentoring him right now. So yeah, uh, I'm hiring him. And the 10, I, I didn't feel right not including Christian McCaffrey but I felt like it would be justified if I didn't. I'm just like, can I really find someone that's solidified better? And so I decided to just have him as, as number 10 on the list. But, you know, honorable mentions, I was thinking about David Montgomery because he's been working with a porous offensive line and quarterback drama and still be finding a way to take it to the house. You know, he could take anything and run, he could take a screen pass, whatever, a wheel route, and just take it, gone, touchdown. So I think he's very underrated. So if I had a, like an 11, it would be him. It would be him. What y'all think about that list? Not too mad. Yeah, I feel like everybody pretty much have the same. There's only, you know, one or two players that make a difference. But, I mean, we already discussed, like, right after – you know, well, I feel like seven, eight and down, it gets like real murky. And it's just like uh, you got a rotation of five, eight guys that has a valid point of being in there. Yeah. The hard part about today's league is all the split running back responsibilities. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to pick that guy because he's always sharing time. I think in Chubb's case was the one exception because Chubb was so – Excellent. Mm-hmm. And Aaron um, Jones. And Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon. And we, yes. like, once cold weather get to going, you see more and more AJ Dillon because don't nobody really want to hit him. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't blame him either. That, he's solid. That boy's solid, man. That's the, you want to talk about 240 all muscle? That is <laughs> 240 all muscle. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Because he went crazy two seasons ago in that snow game. And man, shoot, he went crazy. But yeah, he's a good addition for them. Uh, and I think what's, you know, Kamara no longer having Mark Ingram there. Uh, so he's getting more of the touches. And I, you know, I wish he had more time with the premier quarterback. You know, if Breeze played a little bit longer, I think Kamara's pr- production would be like through the roof. Uh, you know, then Jameis gets hurt a, co- a couple games into the season, you know, so we'll see what happens this year. But yeah, I you know some of these guys they they've been splitting time they or they do running back by committee like you know you look at even the teams that are successful, 49ers, Chiefs, you know Philly, uh, Philly because Miles Sanders is really good like yeah, he doesn't get the opportunity yeah like has, I didn't think about playing him in either because I mean I just know to play him top ten is crazy but like. Um, 
they're just a run by committee team. They have about, you know, Helm, Boston, Sky. You got Jalen Hurst that run out a lot. You got Kenneth Gainswell that gets touches. So it's just like. Yeah. And I, I, I think the same for you, um, Keith, with the Rams. You, you, you have Henderson and you have Akers and Sony Michelle. So, like. Yeah, they kind of just filter. They uh, just kind of find running backs that fit the zone scheme and just mm-hmm. hey, have mm-hmm. at it. I'm not gonna lie, I was a small part of me, I was like, hey, I should low key put Debo in. <laughs> Debo in. But yeah, Debo like uh number six, seven. Debo the best running back in the NFC West. Right? <laughs> the sad part is it might be true. It might be true. Cause I mean, really though, because Seattle, you know, um Carson, but Chris, not Carson, ever, yeah. Chris Carson but not ever steps on the field. If y'all see what his neck looked like, he <laughs> Never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> step foot on a professional. He shouldn't even go to a game. <laughs> I kid you not. Y'all Watch know what home. happened to his neck? He yeah. got like screws and plates literally right here in his neck. Mm. They had to have that surgery. And he's he wants to come back, but I don't think a doctor's ever going to clear him to be able to come I back. Don't think so either. Um, and that leaves you with, with like Rashad Penny and. I forget the other guy's name, but running back. I will say I like Damian. Yeah, I, I do like Damian Harris for the Patriots. I think he's a good running back who's got a lot of potential. Um, you know, Bill don't care nothing about that. Bill's because just- <laughs> sometimes Bill be taking the ball out of his hands. I'm like, bro, like, come on. <laughs> hey, but don't forget, man. They, they, he did have a game where he only had Mac Jones throw like three passes, three five passes. <laughs> They're just gonna do with, with, with yeah. He's like, hey, whoever's gonna let us win, that's who we go to. That's how Bill operates. Nah, that that was crazy though, because he really sat there and basically it was it was double fullback, three tight ends, maybe a receiver out there, and you knew where the ball was going. It was just they outnumbered you all game long. It was straight smash mouth football. He had about 200 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, though. And if any of the Ravens running backs could stay healthy, you know, they might make yeah, a lot. about putting J.K. Dobbins in there, too, but I was like, nah, I'm not holding up. Yeah. And, and so we, we, we made some good time on this show. So I'm going to throw in a topic here. So I uh, shout out to. Um, um, Coach uh, Stair uh, for send, sending us this on, on IG. You know, Bernard Pollard Jr. Oh, God. Decided oh. to come out and come at your boy Lamar Jackson. Here's what he said. For those of you who haven't heard this yet, this Bernard Pollard won a Super Bowl when Ray Lewis was there and everything like that. So he wasn't like a prominent player, but he did play. Uh Bernard said on social media, no top, no top wide receiver will ever come there while Lamar Jackson is there. Plenty of wide receivers have been available to get in the uh, offseason while uh, Lamar Jackson has been starting, but nobody wants to go. They give him the respect, but they don't want to play with him. Lamar is good, but he's not able to make the throws. And then Lamar says, 
you've been capping since I've been playing for the Ravens. I never heard of you. To be honest, my boy, you got your Super Bowl because of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed that year. <laughs> so, and there's been a lot of pettiness. I'm not going to read all of them, but they went back and forth for a little while um, on Twitter and stuff like that. So what do y'all make of this, man? <laughs> you can't like I hate when people want to say no players want to play with you because of this and that and it's just like hey they don't have to come sign here how about my team uh draft one mm-hmm. that's all that you have to do is just draft a competent receiver this was a a receiver heavy draft this past year and they did not make a move mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is a better passer of the football than Jalen Hurts and somehow what did they do? Oh, they got AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally that simple. <laughs> like you can't always put it as like, oh, there was many people available, but like, yeah, they could be available, but also is my organization calling? I can't sign them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he were to leave the Ravens and go somewhere else, the only way that he would have a point is if that best receiver left. But if everybody just stayed and was like, oh, no, I'm cool, and they rocked out with Lamar, then that just literally makes his point irrelevant. Yeah. So I feel like two people, people are putting too much onus on Lamar, like he has control of that, where he doesn't. He doesn't sign the checks. He could say, hey, come play with me. But if the Ravens like, nah, I mean, we already talked about how we felt like they're like kind of like sabotage-esque because of this contract. You telling me that nobody wants to play with somebody that won MVP with literally no receivers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those are good points, Coach Murph. I'm with you. I'm with you, Coach Murph, on those points. Just because they're available doesn't mean the Ravens were on the phone. Doesn't mean that they were willing to give the other team what they wanted for the receiver. You know, it's not a player to player type of conversation, really, especially in the NFL. You know, it might be a little different in the NBA if you're a star star player. You know, imagine Lamar Jackson's equivalent in the NBA might have a little bit more juice to talk to management and say, this is what I this is who I need. They're a free agent. Let's make this happen. You know, ultimately, it's a Ravens organization that has to pull the trigger on these things because and a lot of this, because the players don't have as much control, the organizations could just get whoever they really wanted, And the player couldn't really have that much control over it. Like it, it, so I, I think Bernard's pilot was out of pocket in that and really um, is looking at outcome except for specifics. Yes, someone could be available. That uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, the organization's on the phone or they, that they offered a good package for them or anything like that. Because look at the assets. Do they? Does Baltimore really have a lot of assets to get rid of outside of draft picks? No, nah, they don't. They don't. And, and so, yeah. And you can just look at it at this aspect. Even the receivers that have left, and we will see when it comes to Hollywood Brown, if they don't produce with these passing quarterbacks, what are we talking about? Yeah. I, I think you're, you're AJ Sammy, Brown. What has Sammy Watkins done? Stay hurt. 
<laughs> so I mean, like, if you're acting like a, a receiver left them and ball somewhere else, like, no, they're still mediocre or bad or not playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody loves the, like we talk about how Kyler Murray is small, but we know he has the arm talent. If Hollywood Brown does not perform there, mm-hmm. then your point is irrelevant. And, and him and him and uh, Lamar got along. Like, if you saw their exchange on social media, they like each other. And so I'm like, if if you really didn't want to play with him, would that have been the case? No, no. And and, and Hollywood Brown isn't a number one wide receiver, but they they've been treating him as one all these years. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like I said. I think your uh, AJ Brown point was really good, though, Coach Murphy. Because yeah, any raw receiver, like I'm probably going to choose Lamar Jackson over Jalen Hurts any day, any day, any day of the week. But yeah, that's all they talk about is how bad Jalen Hurts is as a passer. Yeah, because they're One saying he's on the, a hot seat this season. If he can't make it work now, oh, he is, <laughs> and I second that. If he does, if I see no progression. Mm-hmm. You got to go. Coach Pace, I know you've been really upset over there. You really perturbed what you got for us. <laughs> Take. Okay. Just just look at it as a guide. I'm, I'm going to read you guys this. Okay. Let me, let me find it real quick. It'll take me no more than 10 seconds. All right. So just a guy, okay? Just a QB in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 37-12 and 12 as a starter. Unanimous MVP, two-time Pro Bowler, first team, one-time All-Pro. Most wins by QB before turning 25. What are we talking about? <laughs> like, what are we talking about, bro? What are... And then, uh, I, like, everybody... And Keyshawn Johnson said it best, man. Lamar does one thing, they move to go post another place. Mm-hmm. Lamar does that, they move to go pay, we go post. Yes. Lamar does all three of these things, they move to go post over here. A lady on first take, and I don't even want to single her out, but she said, well, he's friends with Kodak. What does that have to do with my man's on the field? <laughs> What does what does Kodak have to? Because he's from South Florida. Him, him and Kodak are chi- uh, him and Lamar are childhood friends. Like, what are we talking about here? Hey, remember that one guy that said they uh, they ain't rock with the Kendrick album because Kodak was on it. Like, yeah, nah, I haven't heard that either. Like, that's goofy. <laughs> like, that has and that has to do with music. They both do music, but that didn't steer people away from you know Mr. Morale. I just, I just and then the whole yeah y'all hit the the hit everything on the button with the receiver thing. If anybody, hey, I'm gonna just all my football people that think they know football. Guess what? Lamar Jackson is a special talent. You know what you do? You cater your offense to your talent. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Yes, Lamar can throw. He's not mm-hmm. Herbert or Rogers or Mahomes right. or anybody like that. But guess what? He can get the ball there when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
guess what they're doing? They're running the same offense as Lamar had in college. If anybody knows, go look at what he did at Louisville. Look at what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. It's literally the same exact offense. Okay? Yeah, they just don't have the explosive receivers like they did in college, like a James Quick or, you know, the requisite tight ends or, you know, um, they had they had like two or three really, really good receivers that went to the NFL when Lamar was at Louisville. Mm-hmm. They just don't draft the, the right talent. So that ain't got nothing to do with Lamar. Dude talking about – and everybody says the same thing. He can't put the ball where it needs to be. And the offense isn't catered to – it's catered to his legs. Well, if my best athlete on the football team is my quarterback – I'm going to make sure he can run, and I'm going to make sure he got options to throw. Yeah. It's really that simple. And, and there's two things that – there's two people that I look at when when you said all those things. One, like how far off do you think Lamar Jackson is as a passer as Cam Newton that took a team to a Super Bowl? Mm. Talk, let's talk about it. Let's talk about he's, it. He's not that far off. It's not better. On yeah. top of that – if you put him on a team that is a run-heavy offense, but, you know, put the requisite, you know, weapons around them, like a, I don't know, San Francisco 49ers with a Jimmy G, mm-hmm. what do you think Lamar's going to do with that team when you give him a Debo that can catch with a, a George Kittle? Like, <laughs> And it's weird, though, because they swear up and down. Now – Let's just say, well, Lamar, Lamar, he doesn't, I guess Lamar can't throw. But, you know, Tom Brady had for like the longest period of time, guess who his leading receivers were? Tight ends. Mm-hmm. Hernandez and Grant. Nobody mm-hmm. said anything about that. So Mark A. Andrews and it was Hayden Hurst. Mind you, Hayden Hurst hasn't done anything since he left Lamar, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Um, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews are his leading receivers. Oh, but people are saying like, oh, well, Lamar can't get it to his receivers. Nobody was saying that when Tom was doing it. Mm-mm. It was, oh, well, Tom, Tom doesn't really have anybody and he has Gronk and Hernandez and, you know, Bill's doing his thing. So, hey, it's fine. I, I, I don't get it. But like I said, man, 37 and 12, Bernard, whatever his name is, can't eat one. I'm about to get a Lamar Jackson jersey. Don't you worry. Should. You should. get a Lamar Jackson jersey. I'm sick of y'all. I just I just want everyone out there to read the the conversation between these two because Lamar see and and w- one part of my mind I'm like Lamar don't even don't even stoop to that don't even acknowledge that bro and the other hand I'm like you better get him Lamar you better get him you better t- talk to him talk to him now because you know he over here talking about because Bernard was like because because uh, Lamar was talking about all oh, you know not in the hall of fame what are you talking about you play with hall of famers but you're not in the hall of fame and he's like i didn't want the hall of fame and then in the comment section was like the hall of fame don't want you <laughs> that's not, it doesn't matter whether you want the hall of fame or not the hall of fame doesn't want you so whatever it is uh and they like lamar have, have on black air force one time in with <laughs> lamar ended that man um uh, Lamar woke up and chose violence and he had two tackles in the Super Bowl, Bernard. And Lamar was like, were those game changing tackles? Did they even matter? Did they even matter? Like he was just really coming at dude. Uh, so I, I, I'm, 
I think Lamar is going to have a really good season because he's just been taking a lot of disrespect. I think he feels he feels a little slighted because of the Ravens, but he's not one of those people that's like, I'm I'm going to stink up the joint because you won't, you know, meet me where I'm at. I think he's, he's like, like well, I'm going to bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's just he's a black quarterback and he having success. That's all it's coming down to, bro. And for one black man to, to tear another black man down off of some foolishness, man, that that's what made me mad. That's what made me mad. Like, come on, bro. Look, listen, I don't even care about that. It's hey, listen, bro. It's, it's he's a successful black man at a predominantly white position. Like, I, even though like most of the black quarterbacks, we taking over, but that's how it is. You see how they tried to switch his, but they tried to tell him to switch to receiver. How you gonna tell somebody that just won the Heisman and was like top three in Heisman voting again to switch positions, bro? Like, make it make sense. He ain't gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> somebody put in the comments. I thought Homie was the running back for the Cowboys. <laughs> Tony Pollard. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. To you. I'm not gonna lie to you until you mentioned that he played for the Ravens back in the day. I was like, wait, I. I thought his name was Tony. Talking about, <laughs> and why is he talking about the Ravens for? Oh, I had to go look up. Dude. I'm like, who's Bernard Pollard? Yes. Oh, you ain't watch those two game saving? Uh, no, nah, the only reason I remember him is because uh, he could hit, but like he knocked uh, he knocked the Patriots running back unconscious. Yeah, he tore Tom Brady's ACL. I think that's what he's known for. Oh, for real? Yeah. I think yeah so I yeah one of the other comments I saw because this is what what I see is it is more of an organizational and slightly a schematic issue because all right if you I think it's Greg Roman's fault in my personal opinion because I, I think he is, and I say this all the time, for those of you that listen to the show often, you're probably going to get sick of me saying this, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. I, I think Greg Roman is holding the team back. I think he's even holding Lamar back because if, I think you got to keep challenging and challenging and challenging and challenging your quarterbacks. Uh, and if they keep going to the same bag all the time, it's not going to work. And then your strength and conditioning crew is trash. Might as well hire Coach Pace at this point because it. It, y'all ain't yeah everybody get it was like 13, 14 people on IR. Like that's a strength and conditioning problem. Like, so but anyways, if one of the analysts said it this morning, I believe they were talking about like, well, it's not Lamar Jackson's fault, but if if you're running a if Greg Roman, I think, took what happened in Louisville and I think he tipped it closer more on the run side of things and and so if I'm a wide receiver that may not be the most attractive spot for me if I'm really trying to get my numbers and I look at what the Ravens have done so far and especially if my contracts usually have incentives based on the catches I get the yards I get the touchdowns I get which is going to help me with my next contract to get even more of a bag when my when my current contract's up is not the sexiest place to play for. And so that's why I'm like, it's part on how they kind of schemed a super run heavy and not even showcasing, you know, any talent at the right receiver position. Like you said, they haven't drafted well. They haven't traded well. 
to put any talent around him. But Mark Andrews is thriving. He had to be able to get the ball somewhere. Yeah, Hollywood and, Brown was even pretty good. And just like in saying that, we take it back to Jalen Hurts. Even they try to, you know, expose some past talent from him before, like, you know, almost midway through the season. They're like, hey, uh, we should probably be more of a run-based team. But, like, just give him that that ability. So, I mean, I don't think it's much to it. It's just one of those things that it's more of an organization problem than him. Like, yeah. if you, you give him a, a great receiver, he already took a team, you know, to the playoffs. He already won MVP. We know his potential. and But we all know what he's missing. All the great – you can't name one quarterback that didn't have a great target. Yeah. All, all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks had a great target. Facts. Facts. Straight facts. Straight it's funny because they say quarterbacks make receivers. I'm like, mm, I think it. I think it's very, very straight down the middle because you ain't going to go nowhere as a QB if you ain't got no number one. So Yeah, yeah. and it's either like if they don't – if a QB doesn't perform and is blatant because of the receiver talent, they'd be like – oh, he doesn't have any targets, or you get a great receiver that has a down year, and it's like, oh, well, he doesn't have a competent quarterback. I mean, it's more 50-50 than anything. Like, they're like, oh, well, Tom Brady did it with nothing. Uh, Wes Welker, Edelman, Hernandez, Gronk, Randy, these aren't nothings. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. So, I – yeah, I hope Lamar – like kills it this year well whatever he's got i know he doesn't have much to work with but i hope he kills it um because there there's not necessarily a whole bunch of pressure on him but there's a little bit but there's a a lot of eyes on him there's a lot of eyes on him. i'll just say that uh it's more social media pressure than anything Uh, ain't ain't no pressure ain't not an ounce of not a single ounce of pressure for somebody that literally his team, half his team was hurt last year, and they were still in the playoff race before he got hurt. They were eight and three. Eight and three. Exactly. Eight and three. And they said that was a down year. He was 16, 16 touchdowns, 13 picks. Mm-hmm. Yes, somehow, as a collective, and because of Harbaugh, but I mean, they really didn't have much outside of Lamar on offense. So, what did, yeah. like, what does he have to prove? I'm with, I'm with you. I don't think he has any pressure because I feel like pressure is one of those things, like, if you don't perform here, then you're just pretty much out out the league. I feel as though that if it comes to the point that the Ravens hasn't done anything, I hope he's savvy enough that he will just up and leave. And I know that somebody will take him. The Panthers will take him. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, like, hard to run his style of offense. And on top of that, if you mimic what Vic used to do, uh, play action, zone read. I mean, Vic didn't do a lot of zone read. He was just, you know, they did a lot of power eye play action stuff. So, yeah. Hey, shoot, Atlanta, they have a spot. I mean, we'll see what Desmond Ryder does, but um, they, as I know, they need a quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what he does. But, mm-hmm. There, there's plenty of spaces he can land. You got the Texans. Who knows what Davis Mills would do? Um, 
like I said, that sounds crazy. You got the Colts. I mean, who knows how long Matt Ryan's going to be around? It sounds crazy, but two places I could see with Commanders and good old San Francisco. Do not count San Francisco out. They got Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. but if I could trade both those and get a Lamar Jackson, um, no brainer. Kyle Shanahan's creativity. I thought she was going to go more like a Seattle. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't trust Seattle organization. They ain't constructive with nothing. They don't know how to build a line. I, if I can't get you to build a line, I don't. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, but he's more elusive than than Russ. But Russ is just a better thrower. And then plus, feeling like they're going to lock in with Metcalf, I think is going to take one year of him being like, oh, I don't have a Russ. I need a better quarterback. Then it's just like, oh, well, we might can pull a, a Lamar down the pipeline. So, yeah, they better get some, like I said, they better get a line, man. If they want to do anything, they need to show up that front. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying Lamar is better than Russell Wilson, but what I am saying is he could do more with that team than Russell Wilson did. You give him Lockett and DK, and you know, running back by committee. The Seattle defense has a lot to be desired, though. They, I mean, they'll give up some points, but yeah, I mean, but that you saw that with Russ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lamar's in my top five QBs, so and he didn't even make the top ten list this year. He didn't even make top ten. Listen, we don't talk about people that don't know sports. <laughs> I'm just tired of the disrespect. And as I keep reading through these comments and people still like, well, Bernard isn't wrong. No, he's spinning straight facts. He can't make throws. He can't throw the ball. He can't make more than two tackles. (laughs) (laughs) So who are you going to listen to? And and, and so the thing about uh, Lamar responding is it could be interpreted as insecurity. If I'm barking that loud back at you, Everybody has a breaking point. That's the that's the funny thing about it. Everybody he, everybody has a breaking point. He's been listening to it his so, whole career. His <laughs> whole career since he came out of college. People ask him, are you going to switch? Is there any chance we're going to see you doing receiver drills at the combine? No, I'm a quarterback. Why are you asking me that? Like, mm-hmm. stop. No, ma'am, I'm not going. Stop asking me. I'm a quarterback. Like, bro. And, and it's one of those things, like, I mean, he's young. I don't think it's – I think it's more so his age. And then also it's kind of like it you can when it comes to commentators and you know legends that that say stuff about you or um even the media, this is like oh, okay, oh um, but if it's somebody that's technically a nobody that also played for your organization, it's like okay, you know how it is, uh, especially to play other black quarterbacks. And then you'll be here just going, you're a nobody, and you just going to try to throw dirt on my name. I got it. You got to catch something. No, for real. I, I think what people don't understand is there is levels to this, right? And Lamar Jackson may not be top tier levels. And, and to what was said before, yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But you would still take Lamar over at least half of the quarterbacks in the league right now. No, I would take Lamar over about twenty to twenty-five quarterbacks in the league right now. Like, let's 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 not get carried away. 
they out here, they making Lamar seem like he chopped liver. Yes. And all those quarterbacks pretty much have had better talent around them than Lamar has had. That's what I was going to say. Like, you look at if you ask somebody, like, okay, who would you take over Lamar? And then they'll say who who they want or who they would take. And then you'd be like, okay, now look at their receiving core compared to his. They'll be like, oh, I'm taking Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, he has Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. Oh, well, I'm taking uh, Pat Mahomes at the time, but, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, who people deem as also a top five receiver. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the the list goes on. (laughs) Yep. It just goes. I mean, Kirk Cousins even got him, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Thielen and Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. and a Dalvin Cook in the backfield, and a Dalvin Cook. But nobody would take Kirk over mm-hmm. Lamar. Mm-hmm. You put and Lamar he, on that Vikings he, roster, bro. Come on now, bro. So it, I, he might not be a. He's not a top tier thrower, but that doesn't because I think people look at that and it's like. Well, he's not that. It's like, well, no, he's not that. But that doesn't mean that he can't throw. I think people just take that and go way to the other side of the spectrum with it. Nah, he can't. He's not a. He's not a Mahomes. He's not an Allen. He's not a, a, a Brady or a Rogers. Those guys. But that doesn't mean he can't throw the football. Like you can't have the level of success that he's had in this league with the little talent he's been surrounded with, and say the man can't throw the football. Facts. He's not the most accurate. I give you that. But that doesn't mean he can't throw the football. We've seen him make mistakes, but we've seen other quarterbacks make mistakes as well. Listen, Herbert got all that talent. Ain't won nothing. Ain't been to the playoffs. Talk, yeah. talk. Yeah, come on now. Come on. I'm not trying to hear nothing about no Herbert until he gets to the playoffs and do something. But everybody, yeah, everybody wants to talk about Justin Herbert and Derek Carr and stuff like that. They haven't even sniffed anything close to an MVP. I'm not trying. I'm not trying, and I'm not trying to hear nothing about Russ either. I'm. I'm telling you, everybody's going off Russ's resume, mm-hmm. which is great. But that those years he did have a Legion of Boom, and he had Marshawn Lynch. Yep. And Doug Baldwin, all on the same. And Doug Baldwin is a borderline Hall of Famer. Like I ain't yeah. gonna lie. So I mean, you give Lamar that team, they go to the two Super Bowls too. Exactly. What has Russ done in the last five? Three to five. I don't. When was the last time they made the playoffs? I don't even remember the last time they made the playoffs. Uh, I want to say twenty. Was it twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen. I think that was the year that um, they played Philly and uh, Wentz got knocked out with that concussion uh, in the first quarter. So I think it was like the year after the Super Bowl run. Oh, when McCown was in the game? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Well, and they shit, they almost lost that one. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you, they almost lost that game. They, it was pretty much like a three-point game, and then, I mean, they got like a late touchdown to make yeah. it look worse than what it really was, but it was a nip-and-tuck game against a 40-year-old quarterback that ain't played all season. Yeah, mm-hmm. Josh McCown was doing his thing for real, gutted it out, and almost, mm-hmm. almost got a dub. Mm-hmm. So everybody so, out there, stop the Lamar hate. Yeah, he's not the best thrower of the football, but the man can still throw the football. And Greg Roman has held him back from developing as a quarterback. And until people start to see that, I mean, because you, there's been a ton of talented quarterbacks that have played under one system 
And you're like, man, they can't get it done. And then they go to another system and flourish. It's not just about the individual talent of the player. It's also the coaching and the development of the player that matters the most. Andy Reid challenges Patrick Mahomes every single year. And I know they're not on the same caliber of throwing necessarily, but imagine if Andy Reid was coaching Lamar Jackson, where Lamar would be in his development right now. He constantly, constantly pushes Mahomes to get outside of his comfort zone, to work on his mechanics, to work on his accuracy. And that's why he's so good. That's why he's so good. So we, we got to be very, very careful how we just like look at a player and be like, oh man, he can't throw the football because it doesn't look like this. It's like that. You look at what's around him and what he's been able to get done, accomplish in spite of some of that. He doesn't, they don't have a strong defense either. Like, come on, Baltimore's defense is not what it was when Bernard Pollard Jr. was playing. You give Lamar, Ray Lewis, and Ed Reed, yeah, they're going to go far. Yeah, they're going to go far because that defense alone will get you a game or two in the playoffs because they'll keep you under 20 points. So, yeah. You telling me you rather have Joe Flacco at quarterback? Come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? And you take Joe Flacco out of that system once those guys retire and stuff like that, and he moved Joe Flacco on and everything, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. You can't be the big man. You can't be the big man. You ain't got your crew behind you. You ain't so tough then. You ain't got your backup. So, yeah, people need to chill out, leave Lamar alone. And Baltimore needs to invest more in Lamar Jackson, both in development and talent and watch where the Ravens go. And if he can't get with the Ravens, I hope he demands to get traded and, and, and go somewhere else. You switch him and Tua right now, the Dolphins are a lock for at least a second-round playoff. At least a second-round playoff. Yes. All right, I'm done. I had to get that off my chest, man. They... These people out here be testing me. They be testing my patience. Oh, yeah. He took a dookie and came back and won the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of Coach's Box. And so on behalf of Coach Murph and Coach Pace, I'm Coach JP3. We're going to catch y'all next week. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all. Peace.